You know, the girl at the farmhouse mentioned that her sister was a lot like me. What she didn't mention was that she's a stubborn jerk with all the self-preservation instincts of a lemming. Doesn't she know the meaning of time to let it go? I thought that throwing her out of the cart and disabling her horse would at least prevent her from bothering me. But no. She's as annoying as a mule, I swear. Next time I see her, I'll dump her in a river, and we'll see if she can come back after that. She had the audacity to sneak into my cart, you know? And she somehow, I don't know, suborned the dogs to her side or something, because they didn't raise a racket when she arrived. Those traitors. I get attacked and all they do is wag their tails. She really got the drop on me. She's good. But she's so dumb, too. You know, she did all this for her sister's coat. The one I got back at the farmhouse? Who holds someone at gunpoint because of their coat? I swear, I would have let her shoot me just out of spite and the indignity of it all. Except that at that moment, the stranger actually made himself useful. Woken up by our banging around, I guess, he pulled back the curtain separating the back of the cart from the front and asked, What are you doing? Or I guess that's what he was going to ask. I didn't actually wait to hear the whole thing. The movement of the curtain distracted the girl, made her look over, and I immediately took the opportunity to flip over and grab her wrist so she couldn't shoot me, and then I punched her in the face. She really is good at fighting. Scrappy, fierce, and she knows what she's doing. She barely even flinched. I almost got shot a couple times before I dislocated her shoulder and threw the gun across the cart. I have holes in the cart now. It takes time and resources to repair. Time and resources I don't have. And she didn't even care. She was so unrepentant about it. I threw her out the window. It was payment for services rendered, you jerk. I yelled as she fell to the ground with a thud. I whistled for the dogs. They weren't in their harnesses, but I've made contingencies for this before. They grabbed onto the tethers and pulled the cart away. The girl got up from the ground and shouted that I was a liar because there was no way her sister would give up that coat for services rendered. The term services rendered had audible quotes around it, by the way. Well, tough luck for her because that was what happened, and I was quite happy to leave her be and get on with my own life. Except for the part where she came after me again. She had a horse, actually, which would explain how she was able to catch up with us, and how she was able to follow us in the first place. There I was, ready to get myself and the dogs some rest, when this insufferable, self-centered jerk comes riding in on her horse with another gun she was totally ready to use. I shot the gun out of her hand, her horse's leg, and then I roused the dogs to get going again. As the cart rattled along the road, the stranger asked me who was chasing us and why she was so fixated on my coat. I explained, curtly, that she was self-centered and completely out of her mind, because who takes a horse and a gun to chase miles after a person just because she's wearing a coat that was attained in a completely honest manner? He said that didn't answer anything at all, so I gave my slightly longer explanation that it was none of his business and none of my fault either. And I wasn't inclined to talk it out with someone whose first impulse was to attack me in my own cart and hold me at gunpoint for answers. Who does that? You do that, he told me. But he doesn't know anything, 
and he definitely wasn't there for the whole fiasco with the farmhouse girl camping out with her friend in the tent. So he has no right to say that to me, even if it is true. Which it's not, because I'm actually a reasonable person with reasonable human responses to everything. And if he tries to tell me again that no one wears gas masks anymore, I'll attach a gas mask permanently to his respiratory tract. I made him do something actually useful and keep watch for us when I set up camp. He's freeloaded in my cart long enough, and he dozed nearly the entire journey to the campsite. So it's only fair, I think. But he couldn't even do that right because four hours later the girl comes back, sans horse and sans gun, but somehow thinking she can hold the stranger hostage anyways. She'd snuck up on the stranger and put him into a chokehold and threatened to snap his neck if I didn't give her any answers. I told her she might as well go ahead and do it, because the stranger was basically useless, and had caused me nothing but trouble since I first picked him up, and she'd be doing all of us a favor. He looked rather hurt at that, but it was true, so... Whatever. I don't feel bad. He can complain when he stops getting himself into trouble. The girl wanted to know who I was and how I got that coat. And what was I doing in the company of the scientist's assistant? You awful, horrible person, etc., etc. I told her she could go throw herself off a cliff, and added some helpful suggestions on how to make her death as prolonged and painful as possible. She was irritated, and had some stupid notion that since I hadn't attacked her yet, I must actually care about the stranger, so she threatened to break his arm, and I informed her that her violent intentions would only make it difficult to make friends. Like you're one to talk, the stranger muttered. You make the mistake of thinking I actually want people around, I told him, and marched back into the cart to fetch my gun. Or so the girl thought. She dropped the stranger and leaped at me, intent on stopping me from reaching my weapons, which gave the stranger a fantastic opportunity to grab her leg and trip her, and gave me the fantastic opportunity to punch her again. She hit me a few times too, and gave the stranger a good bruising to the ribs, but I managed to knock her out in the end, so... Ha! I didn't want to rouse the dogs again, and the girl had proven to be annoyingly slippery, so this time while she was incapacitated, I took the opportunity to truss her up and lock her in the trunk. Keep a proper watch this time, I told the stranger. I'm going to sleep. And then I did just that. When I woke up, I hunted up some food for us and opened the trunk of the cart. The girl had been pressing her ear against the door, so she fell out onto the grass with a yelp. Since I'm such a benevolent and forgiving person, I didn't make any scathing remarks about it. Just told her that if she wasn't going to attack me again, she could eat with us. Freeloader that she was, she agreed. So we spent most of the meal glowering across the fire at each other while the stranger attempted to make conversation. Terrible conversation, I may add. Who even cares about what happened at the farmhouse? He has bad priorities. The girl jumped on the bandwagon too, though, so they collectively badgered me into graciously retelling the whole event. I ended up grudgingly passing on her sister's message. Something about home always being there for her or something. I wasn't too bothered about the details. She was silent, watching the fire. The sun had risen by this time, hidden behind a wash of cobalt-gray clouds. The girl was caught between the pale shadows of the day and the dark orange of fire. Her eyes were dark, not empty, but terribly hollow and still, as a hunter in wait. 
she was watching. We sat so quiet and still as we waited. I barely blinked. I barely breathed. I barely remembered I was anything but something waiting. Then she stirred, and the spell was broken. Thanks for telling me, I guess, she said. The animosity drained from her bones until she looked oddly deflated in her shoes and coat. I didn't say anything. There wasn't much to be said. The stranger, however, didn't catch on to any of that. Who are you anyways? He said. Isabella, she said. You can call me Issa, but you can't call me Izzy or Bella. I'll cut you. Wow, okay, he said. I'm Khalil. Nice to meet you. At that point, I couldn't resist interjecting. You call this nice? I said, disbelieving. She's crazy. She chased after us for who knows how many miles over a coat. Did you forget the part where she threatened to break your neck? He gave me what might have been a withering look, if I actually cared and if he actually was intimidating as a person. As is, he just looks kind of sad and waif-like, a delicate, trembling fawn, and I'm sure anyone who saw him would feel the vague urge to coo gently and feed him some bread. Did you forget the part where you told her to go ahead and do it? He snapped, crossing his arms. I didn't have anything to say to him about it at the time, so he turned away and talked to Issa instead. I'm sure I wouldn't have been too terribly upset if he'd just up and died during the whole fiasco. I've had a lot worse deaths in my life, and in the grand scheme of things, I've only known him for, what, a month or something? And the whole time he's been nothing but a trouble magnet. But it's not like I wanted him to die in particular. I was just mad or stressed or upset or something. You'd think he'd be a little more grateful after I've carted him around the countryside and saved his sorry hide from the mob in Cinder. Teaches me to do something like that again. Next time I'll leave him behind, like I should have the first time I saw him. God, what was I thinking? First rule of survival is not to take on someone else's problems, or you'll meet your unfortunate end with them too. Should have left him behind at Ashtown, and no sympathy for his plight. He's my age, he can take care of himself, and if he can't, it's none of my business. I'll leave him at the next town for sure. Well, I thought I was done being furious at those two, but turns out I'm not. We are heading back to civilization, because the stranger and the other one are both stupid, moronic blockheads. I actually respected the girl for her fighting prowess. You know, even though she didn't bring any proper equipment on her. Except she asked the stranger all sorts of questions and provoked this... this inanity. Evidently, she talked to the stranger about who he was, what happened in Ashtown, or whatever nonsense, and decided to withhold her initial judgment that he was a terrible, horrible person who deserved to be run out of cinder by a murderous mob at least, and killed painfully at most. Great! That's just dandy for them. So glad they're making friends. She also wanted to know why someone like him was traveling with someone like me. I know what she was thinking. That I was a jerk, and probably callous too, but with everything I said about the stranger earlier. And I guess that's what the stranger was thinking too, because he said in a bitter tone that he didn't know. I wasn't meant to hear that conversation, and normally I don't listen to other people talking because it's none of my business. I just... I was just on my way back from hunting more meat and I... overheard.
It made me angry. I haven't a clue why, since by all accounts this stranger is just a blip in my life and I don't care about him at all. And who cares about the other girl anyways? She just tried to kill me. I could have killed her and washed my hands of it. God knows everyone does it. I'm the stupid one for not getting on that train. But no. Instead, I hunt down some food, make them a meal, and curtly tell the stranger to pick one last destination for me to drop him off at. He hesitated. I don't know, he said. I don't have anywhere to go. Why don't you follow your scientist then, I said. It was a cruel and cutting thing to say, I knew. But I was feeling cruel and cutting at the time, so who cares? It doesn't matter anyways. He flinched. The girl frowned at me, like she had any part in this conversation at all. No need to be such a jerk, she said. You're one to talk, I said. Why are you here? You're not invited. Go back to Cinder. No, she said. And anyways, you shot my horse, and I think I sprained my ankle. I'd be stupid to try going back that way, don't you think? Then you shouldn't have followed me after I shot your horse, I snapped. Well, I did, and that sucks for both of us, because I'm hitching a ride on your fancy cart here until you get to another town. No, I said. And she said, You're the one who stranded me out here. Take responsibility for your actions. Like it's my fault I defended against her or something. But at that moment, I just felt so overwhelmed with white-hot fury, I could have choked on it. So I bit my tongue and said nothing, and went to reorganize the cart. The stranger found me while I was going through Granny's stuff. He cleared his throat. <clears throat> I've decided I'd like to go after Dr. Wilkerson after all, he said. He didn't look in my direction. Yeah? What a change of heart, I said. Well, I want some answers too, you know, he said. And maybe, maybe make sure he doesn't do it again. Maybe, he trailed off. A silence, heavy with impossible wishes, stretched out. I put all of Granny's stuff away. Fine, I'll take you to the next town along this road, I said. But he might not be there. So what? It's not my problem, is it? I watched his face as I said it, and his face twitched with, oh, I don't know, annoyance, disgust. You would say that, he muttered. Fine, next town. Great! I can't wait for you to be gone, I said, slamming the cabinet shut. And then we can both go back to our lives of not having to see each other's faces ever again. Jeez, what's got you in such a temper? He said. I didn't know how to explain, so I just brushed past him. Go call your friend, I said. We're leaving as soon as the dogs are ready. Neither of them have bothered me thus far. Just sat chatting in the back of the cart having a great time being friends and not talking to me. It's probably the one good thing about this trip so far. I finally dropped them off in a town today. It seems this town took up residence in the ruins of another pre-apocalypse city. Just like Ashtown! There's nothing so creepy as walking through the unpopulated outskirts, the wind blowing through the decaying ruins of once thriving residential neighborhoods. Strange to think that people lived here. Well, I hope the stranger and the other girl have fun here. 
I dropped them off in the populated area, where people have repurposed the old buildings and gotten electricity and plumbing working again. The stranger didn't say goodbye this time, just glanced at me once before walking away. The other girl hopped out of the cart. Thanks for the ride, she said. Hope I don't see you again. Huh, that's my line. She sauntered after the stranger, as much as you can saunter with a limp anyways, and followed him around the corner, disappearing. Good riddance. I can't wait to never see them again and go back to a life governed by common sense and having nothing to do with other people. Right now, I'm taking the cart straight down the street. If I follow it long enough, I'll leave the city, eventually. Wait, hang on. Is that... There's no way. That doesn't make any sense. I'm... I'm going to go check that out. When Persephone Woke is written and produced by Jessica Tang and voiced by Ali Rose. Music was composed by the artists Disparition and Transient and used under the Creative Commons license. Visit disparition.info and noisyvagabond.wordpress.com to learn more about their work. If you enjoyed this project, please consider leaving a review or commenting at whenperceffanywoke.weebly.com. Thank you for listening.